Hello and welcome to the final Saturday Down South podcast Ooh. of SEC Media Days. It is Thursday as we record this, and we apologize for the background noise. We're recording this um, just outside of Belk. It seemed like it was a, not going to be a very lit um, place because it's like the home and children section. Yes. But we are just in the middle of like an absolute rave. Yeah, apparently. <clears throat> so just enjoy the background music. Yeah. Apologize for that, but we'll do the best we can to work through it. SEC Media Days. We have heard of, we have heard every single coach speak. Yeah. We have uh, <clears throat> we've talked to the players. Just got done with uh, listening to Cash Daniel for 25 minutes, and oh, it was glorious. glorious. Like couldn't have asked for a much better experience. Getting to listen to the Kentucky linebacker. He is the king of SEC Media Days. Yeah, absolutely. So he, I was a little bit worried because he showed up late. I know, which was fitting, though. I got excited that he was going to come in and, like, actually have, like, a theatrical entrance, like, you know, like a wrestler. I really wanted the the Stone Cold entrance. That would have been choice. So he talked about his wrestling career. Um, Actually, as he showed up to the stage, he basically said, he's like, 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 oh, man, they got this massive stage right here, and they stick me in the corner. Like, he wanted the big (laughs) stage. He wanted to be where the coaches are. And then somebody asked him, like, oh, like, you ready for this stage? He's like, man, I was born ready for this stage. I believe that. Yeah. 100% believe I that. I believe that. Cash I'm, was great. I'm kind of bummed because I knew, I forgot that he was a senior. Like, oh, I, I know. I knew that he was an upperclassman, but it's like, I, we only get one more year with him. Cash was not the <clears> only <throat> thing that happened at SEC Media Days, but he was by far the best quote. Just the most fun Probably person so, yeah. to interact with. Yeah. Um, he, he, he talked about his trash talking and said, Google is a scary machine. <laughs> Which he's right. He said he'll look up information about, you know, if, if he learns like a player's girlfriend right. or something like that. And they'll be like, how do you know that? And he just said basically, you know, that's Facebook. the response. Yeah, he goes on Facebook and he looks up trash talk. But no, Cash was fantastic. I mean, it was it was awesome. He was the highlight here of, of day four of SEC Media Days as yeah. media members are sort of trickling out. But there were a lot of takeaways from, from the week, which was a blur in many, many ways. Yesterday just got so busy. So it's like, <clears throat> it's weird, because I think yesterday was the first day where there was actually anything remotely close to controversy. Because for the first two days, there was nothing really going on. It was pretty quiet. Um, so we had that yesterday, but like, we, you know, we were both busy doing We did different, different things. things yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was good. But um, yeah, today was like, I don't want to say we limped into the finish line, but it was an odd way to end with Bandy kicking things off and then Auburn went last, so. Speaking of Vandy, go figure, we got a Vandy reference. We referenced Vandy and Kentucky before Bama. Mm-hmm. Take that, everybody who says we just talk about Bama. We'll get to it. Red Mamba is no more. No, Keyshawn Vaughn is still alive, but yes. I'm sad to report that he doesn't want to be called Red Mamba. He wants Connor to go really by- I was upset about this. I was very upset about this. He wants to go by Sneak. Sneak Vaughn. That's Not his thing. Cool. Not as cool. Not That's as cool as Red Mamba. Handle, but not as cool. Yeah. Um, Kalijah Limscombe said that Keyshawn Vaughn, number one running back in the country. I love what he said about that. Period. Period. Point blank. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I love listening to him as well. I thought he handled himself extremely well. Yeah. Kentucky, or not Kentucky, but Vandy. Vandy's big three was, was an entertaining mm-hmm. thing to talk about. And, and they, Derek Mason was too. You missed part of it because we I were did. trying to get the, the uh, what do you call it, the, the Feinbaum thing. But and that was weird too because I was like, we we're trying to get an interview with Feynman. We're waiting to do that downstairs. We'll peel behind like, the onion here. This sucks. We're going to miss Derek Mason. I know. Which is, it sounds weird, but he's awesome to listen to. I did chat with Derek Mason for a couple minutes uh, yesterday when he was in the, just hanging out in the lobby yeah. and stuff. His sneaker game was on point. He, um, did you hear what he, like, the best quote of the day was from Derek Mason, not Cash Daniel. What he, he said, I'm a blue collar guy. I know you'll look at me and say like the suits and the, and the, and the shoes and be like, coach got swag. And you're right, I do. 
I do. <laughs> I was like, there you go. Can't argue with that. No, I, I thought that there were um, nothing. There was no massive storyline this week, in my opinion. Yeah. There was there was some stuff that that I thought was interesting that came out. People and, tried to make a massive storyline. Uh, that is go. my take on it. So we've we've gotten into a lot of discussions off air about this, like three different times about the Bama representation, the way that Bama talked about Clemson. Okay, so yeah, so I think the biggest disagreement we've had is, I, I said last night on the Facebook Live, I hated what Dylan Moses had to say. I didn't like what Tua had to say about, you know, I'm most glad we lost. Like, I don't like that sentence coming out of your <laughs> mouth at all. Um, I, I thought that was, those two, especially Dylan Moses, that was a really bad look. And I was embarrassed, especially what Dylan Moses said about Georgia was the toughest team we played against last year, which, I, it was kind of not taken out of context, but he was saying from like a physical standpoint. But he also then went on to say that like he didn't think Clemson was a better team. Stuff that should have been said. Yeah. He, I feel like the blame should be put on him. And I feel like Saban caught the brunt of a lot of it. So Saban had the comment where like he, in his, in his, opening, in his opening statement, one of the things that he said, he said <clears throat> other things as well, but one of the things he said is he couldn't help but wonder if distractions played a part in this game. And that's something that he has said before after a loss, after a big-time loss. He said right. it after 2014 when they lose to Ohio State in the playoff semifinal. And after the following media days, he's talking about those distractions. And I get that. I get where he's trying to come from and the fact that he had all those yeah. assistant coaches leaving. I do. My problem is the Booger McFarland thing where he talked about why, why are we – a lot of people want to give Bama this excuse. Like, Bama was just a team that – you know what, if they hadn't had those distractions, they would have won that game. I don't think anybody's saying that. I don't think anybody is saying, if we didn't have distractions, they wouldn't have won that game. I think he said, I wonder what would have happened if we didn't have these distractions, because there were distractions. Right, and, okay. And that's not an excuse. That, that happened. It can be like mutually exclusive, because when you talk about, and we talked about this earlier, you have five coaches, and he, he referenced it on Feinbaum, you have five assistant coaches leaving, yeah. and how difficult it was to manage some of the assistants, because after the LSU game, they were actively trying to you know find like head coaching jobs and how difficult it is to manage that and, and that you even said like well i mean he was able to do it before yeah and so then this time he loses <clears throat> excuse me this time he loses and it seems like an excuse it's like I, I wouldn't say it's an excuse it's just difficult to repeat that every single year yeah and, and i get that my my frustration is that it just it, it came off a little bit like okay these guys aren't here anymore so it's an easy thing to be able to say like yo we had guys with a foot out the door and stuff I'm just under the impression now, like the more and more we look back on that, we look back on Clemson's season, what they did that day, that Clemson was just the better team. And it's weird yeah. to hear Bama, like Bama is so, this is such a foreign position for Bama. Bama's not used to having to talk about a 44 season loss yeah. in the season. It's one thing to talk about like a bowl game where Bama, like, you know, um, you know, like the bowl loss to Utah, where it's like, right. all right, you, you, they weren't going to show Might up. Might have been some distractions. <laughs> Might have been some distractions well, no, so there. Here's the thing though, and, and, and this is why I've been so frustrated hearing about it, because like, Again, I think he's. I don't think he's making an excuse at all. I think like that game okay. got out of hand. I don't. Clemson was the better team. I said it all season. You did. Long. You did absolutely. But I would say also, they're not that much better of a team. They're not twenty-eight. Maybe points not twenty-eight better. points like, better. The thing got out of hand quickly. Yeah, it just it it just kind of sits wrong that like it, it seems like it's disrespecting one of the great teams that we've seen in the twenty-first century. Clemson players took exception to it, like no other. Right. I mean, they heard about the comments, but they heard about what Dylan Moses said, yeah. and then they even heard about what Paul Feinbaum said because apparently there was a Clemson player who said, you know, Bama wasn't even the toughest player that we or the toughest. And team I'll that go we ahead saw. and say right now, that's the dumbest thing I've heard probably this entire season. Like that—that's what bothers me about how quickly 
this thing got out of hand because it's like, what's, what Saban is saying, I feel like are valid points. You have five assistant coaches that are leaving. You have, I, I told you from a firsthand like, account, like I was at the game, 25-yard line, lower level, watching them come out of the tunnel. And you've, you've been to a game with me before, and you know how oh, yeah. amped up I get like, at the start bit. of the game. It's the best part. It's like, you know, everything's coming like, finally to like, I'm excited right now. I'm just like, I got goosebumps. Yeah, you do. When this happened, you're in the national championship game. And I remember feeling it was kind of weird because it's like, it's at 5 o'clock. It didn't seem like it was like the appropriate time for kickoff. It was just kind of a weird feeling, but when they came out of the tunnel, they didn't even come out together as like a full team. They kind of just like lingered onto the field and just like in small little groups and they walked. Like as soon as it was like in Alabama, Crimson Tide, they didn't even run out of the tunnel. Yeah. It, it was very, very weird and bizarre. Like I feel like something was going on. It doesn't mean they, that's why they lost though. I know, it just, it, it, came, it came across like, you know, you talk to players and you hear Saban say something like that, and it came across to me like, you know what, it was us internally that we're looking at it, and like not giving enough, enough credit to Clemson. But here's the good thing about this storyline, and this is the part that we agree yeah. on, because we disagree on everything that we've just talked yeah. about. But what we do agree on is like, this story goes away immediately once the season starts. If, immediately. If y'all let it. We, we, see, we all, I, had a, I had a discussion. We're going to let it go. You can, look at, you can look at the actual transcript of the, of the press conference, and he said he took blame for, like, I, you know, the loss. Like, we weren't prepared enough, and, like, that's on me. That's on me. Yeah. He said all those things. Everyone completely overlooked it because he also said, like, well, you know, also this happened. It was like, and I don't think that is much of an excuse as much as, like, he's shedding light on the things that were going on, kind of like he did with the Iron Bowl. Yeah. You know, and like, he said you could see that coming the entire year, and, like, the Bama fans are like, wait, what? Yeah. What do you mean you could see this coming the entire year? So I don't think it was anything that bad, but, I mean, I will say, I'm not trying to defend what Dylan Moses said at all, because they were not the better team. But you think about how great of a year that was, I, I would wonder if, you know, what happened. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, that, that just makes what Clemson did like that much more impressive at the same time. You say Notre Dame is better than Bama. I'm not going to say that. I'm not gonna that say is unreal. Uh, but there were more teams than just Bama this week, believe it or not. But it was interesting. Not according to Bob Holt. <laughs> this dude from Arkansas. Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Bob hey, Holt. Got Bob, Bob Holt. He asked three separate coaches the same question, and it was all, I don't <laughs> say derogatory, but it was way. like, how about Jimbo? Was it Jimbo? Jimbo, Muschamp, yeah. and Kirby were all asked the question by Bob Hope, by Bob Holt, not Bob Hope. Um, what you know, Saban is sixteen and zero against against his former assistants. Like, what do you think? You know, like, a, did you know? Yeah. yeah. Every single one was like, yeah, Bob. Yeah. I, I knew well that already, aware. and you've already said it to every other coach that was here. Yeah. So. Uh, Kirby had the best two laughs, probably maybe maybe the best two laughs of any coach yeah. this week, as we talked about earlier. Um, you know, I, I I talked about this before. I like Georgia's approach. I think that Georgia has a very Bama-like way that they're going about this yeah. in the way that, you know, you listen to Jake Fromm speak, and he speaks like a Bama quarterback. Yeah, they, they, they seem very, very measured, I feel like, this year. So why don't we give people a little peel behind the onion as to what our Wednesday consisted of? Because it was kind of all over the place. Goodness, Some very unique experiences for yeah. both of us. And the yeah. morning was, you know, we already talked about Bama, and, you know, that was business as usual. But the afternoon, so my afternoon, I spent the entire day with Joe Moorhead. Now, I know what you're thinking. Per his request. Connor, Connor, stop being a fangirl here. Stop telling me it's about It's not going to stop, guys. Stop telling me. No, my love for Joe Moorhead has increased. What basically happened was I got a text from the Mississippi State, a little peel behind the onion, got a text from the Mississippi State SID on Tuesday night mm -hmm. saying, hey, would you like to do a behind-the-scenes thing with, with Joe Moorhead? Follow him around at Such a cool, days. cool opportunity. Great, fantastic opportunity. Had an all-access thing. Everywhere he went, I went. 
um, discussed some great things, a lot of which I wish he didn't say in press conference settings, but he ended up did saying a lot of it. Like we talked for 20 minutes about his weight loss, and I was hoping that he wasn't going to discuss it yeah. in detail as much as he did, but um, he basically, you know, Moorhead went from 295 to 238. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, uh, our editor, Chris Wright, said, you know, he might have lost a lot of weight, but he also ate a lot of humble pie. Because his approach but this year. I love that he admitted to it. He, he admitted to it. it. He, and that was one of the things that, the, one of the first things I talked about when I was, you know, ups, uh, when I was upstairs in, like, the hotel room that the coaches wait yeah. in before they go down and they, they start everything. And he basically came out and admitted, like, yeah, I wish I had kept some of the ring stuff. The ring size is yeah. comment private. I wish I just kept that internal. I wish I hadn't come out and said, like, Nick Fitzgerald, get a spot in your Heisman. Get a spot in your mantle ready for your Heisman. Like, all those things. I think everybody wishes he didn't say that. And I, and he, and I get where he's coming from. And I think that that's a really tough thing to admit well, in and year more, two. The, you know, it's a I was so impressed with his self-awareness that he was able to admit all that in that setting yeah. especially. And then also went as far to say as, what did he say? Um, I should have done a little more research into the history and understanding the history yeah, of the exactly. league and Mississippi State. And it was like, whoa. Yeah. Like that's, that's so genuinely honest. And then he brought up all the things I tried to tell you last year about <laughs> Mississippi State's history as a football program. But and no, I, it, was, it was really cool that he, that he did that. And, and I apologize to him for the 10-win thing. And no, but we, we did talk about some of that stuff and yep. just how you know, the expectations have just changed drastically with with kind of where, what you're doing as a head coach at a program like Mississippi State as opposed to being this guy who had great success at Penn State, had great success at Fordham, yeah. where he was a head coach at Fordham. But it was just interesting seeing what a coach goes through. And he's doing like the intermittent fasting thing. Right. So he did, Moorhead did all of these appearances and stuff where like I'm starting to feel like weak by the end of the day because I had to be like on and like I didn't oh, eat lunch. Cranky. Yeah, I was getting cranky. And so by six o'clock, he he doesn't he does this intermittent fasting where he doesn't eat from till six o'clock in a given day, so he is like starving by That's by the time easy, he gets man. to six o'clock. Just sleep, just sleep by in. six p.m. Oh, you can do it. I mean, no, I will say that like I'm not gonna. I don't think I'll ever approach the fangirl level for him. As we're you now do. best friends. That's that's really what it is. I mean, is. it's it's a really cool experience that you got to do that, and like the fact they reached out to to you. Um, but I will say, he's, he continues to be like the coolest coach in the he's, SEC. He loves mid-90s R&B, hip-hop, and rap. Um, he was, there was like, at every single stop he had there, like when he was on, like on set with Darinoka at yep. the SEC, SEC Network, uh, he just was like casually dropping like 90s rap lyrics and, and like stars and stuff, like, stuff like that. Jay-Z's his favorite, yeah. Fair enough. He also was talking about, he went to a Rolling Stones concert like two days, two days before. Ago. I mean, yeah. he's... I'm not, I will never say he's the best coach by any means, and I think it's very early in Take his... Take that out of your mouth. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> but no, he's like the coolest dude. He is. It, for coaches, at least. Yeah. I, my appreciation for good old ball coach uh, Joe Moe. Did you say... I wouldn't say ball coach like that's, that. That's his Twitter handle. Mm. He was trying to get... His whole goal all day was to get Dan Marino to try and follow him. That by was hilarious. That's what he opened with. Yeah, by the end of the day, because he kept looking periodically. Man, shout Did out Marino to... Marino follow me yet? Shout <laughs> out so to, uh, to Greg Sankey, the commissioner, for... I didn't really enjoy his opening statement, like the state, yeah. state of the SEC, as I did last year. But his like little bios and introductions for each coach oh, were they're great. on point the entire they're great. week. Absolutely. Uh, Gus Malzahn, connoisseur of Mexican food. Ooh, yeah. I didn't hear that because I was I was out uh, talking to Tiger Jake and his uh, owner. Yeah. That's yeah. more important. Yeah, more important. I'm doing the Lord's work on the reporting there. Um, but yeah, in terms of the the big takeaways from this week, I thought those were those were two big ones. Just kind of. Just very, very interesting developments yeah. um, in the way that we talk about the offseason. All those things change once the season starts. But 
Uh, I, I thought that there were like three or four guys who were like just crazy confident. Like yeah. guys who, Kellen Mond, I thought, oh, wow, Michael yeah. P. Ryan, and then you could probably, I mean, Cash Daniels is a confident dude that kind of speaks for itself. But even, maybe even somebody like Kalaja Limscombe, who was just like giving all the praise to, to Keyshawn Vaughn too. Right. Um, so I would say the one that stood out to me the most, and I said it on Monday and it still stands, the one that like seemed like that held the most weight and that I believe the most is Coach O. Absolutely. I, I think that they are really going to be a lot better on offense. And I know that he has nothing to do with that. But him saying, like when he went through the defensive backs. Which is the best secondary in the country. Let's just say it doubt, right now. Without a doubt. But he also said it's the, like the most talented secondary he's had <clears throat> that he's coached in 35 years. Which is insane when you consider the Miami teams that he right. coached on. That's ridiculous. And then he's also the most involved he's ever been with the defensive line. Yeah. And he's a great defensive line coach. I really think that, like, that's where, that's where they kind of struggle is, like, their offense gets, like, blamed for, I feel like, everything. But their defense really, in the, in the trenches especially, has not been that great the past couple of years. LSU should be a preseason top five team way more than Ohio State. Way more than Ohio State. I don't State. even know who you are right now. I, to me, like, it bothers me when I see that LSU is not getting that, that preseason love. I think yeah. the SEC will have three teams. In the, I think the SEC should have three teams yeah. in the top five to start the year. Well, I kept saying this last week. This, for whatever reason, I know we talk about going into the season every year, how there's so much parity in the SEC, and it seems like there's always you know, six, seven, eight teams in the top 25, and they don't always end that way because they play each other, obviously. Yeah. But this year, like, like last year, Auburn's in the top 10, and then I finished seven and five in the regular season. I feel like the teams that are ranked high, especially LSU, Georgia, and Bama, are legit. Oh, All three of those teams can make the playoff. Oh, see, see, I said three teams in the top five. My other two yeah. teams in the top five was going to be Mississippi State and Kentucky, oh, but God. you took it in a different direction. No, but I, I, I feel like I actually believe it this year. Like, there's going to be more <laughs> yeah, staying power like, throughout the entire season. Like, you're not going to see as many – they're not going to get tripped up. Like, right. you know, on a, I'm not going to say a Thursday night road game, but you know what I mean. Who was your favorite coach to listen to main presser this week? Oh, man, that's tough. So, we didn't get to see all of Derek Mason, so probably not his. Um, I enjoyed Matt Luke. Stoops was pretty good, too. Stoops was pretty Stoops good. Stoops talked about playing golf with John Daly. Yeah, just casually dropped that Love in there. Love that. That was really so cool. I played golf with John Daly yesterday. yesterday. Like, why were we not part of that force? Casual, just Wednesday afternoon. What a life he lives. Incredible. Um, I would say, I'm trying to think, who went yesterday? Yesterday Moorhead. was Moorhead, Sabin, uh, Chad Morris, Muschamp. I did not really enjoy Chad Morris's at all. Because it um, wasn't just pounding Red Bull up there. I did enjoy talking to DeJon Harris. About Your boy. This. Yeah, he was awesome. Um, not Savins. I don't know. That's tough. Who, who was yours? I mean, I would probably give Moorhead a little bit a little bit of love there, and I know that's going to come off bias, but I, I'd probably tend to give him the nod, maybe even Kirby, though. Just cause I think I Kirby thought, was the one for me. I thought Kirby, like, showed a new side of himself in a yeah. way. As weird as that sounds, like, and I was talking about this the other day on radio. I think Kirby is still sort of coming into his own as a head coach. We sort of take that for granted in like the decision-making errors that he's had. And it, don't get me wrong, like that's not an excuse necessarily. Yeah. But usually, guys who make this mistake are are making like mistakes like that are making them at a group of five level or something. Right. And he's doing it for national championships or right. with playoff berths on the line. And that's a really tough thing to do. And I'm not saying that... In his second and third year. Exactly. And I'm not saying that that's something that's going to automatically correct itself. Right. But I tend to give him more of a benefit of the doubt in that area just because I think there are a lot of, like, game management things that he is still learning and, like, yeah. working through. And I think he's kind of seeing, like, 
what he needs to embody as a head coach. I love the fact that like their their do more thing. Yeah. And like his whole thing about twenty four and five. I know we not talked about enough. this the other day. Not good enough. I mean, what McElroy said made a lot of like you know, it was trending on social media a lot about how it's gonna happen. They're gonna win a national championship. I've been saying that for a while now. Like. You can say whatever you want to about the first season or how he doesn't develop talent or how he doesn't manage games well or whatever. The national championship's coming. You yeah. don't have that much talent and then not have that payoff. He's in year three. And like everyone, everyone I feel like when I say everyone, I'm just talking about Florida and Vol Twitter. Yeah. Um, saying that like, well, you know, like his first season he went eight and five and lost to Vandy, lost to Florida, lost to Georgia Tech and, you know, looked, looked bad doing it. But no one really talks about like how quickly that turned around. You went from losing all of those games, losing to Tennessee, losing to Vandy, to not only beating all those teams, everyone in your division for the last two years in a row, but by beating them by 14 points or more in every single game. What you think of that uh, Matt Hayes headline about Tennessee? Oh my God! Bleacher Report saying Tennessee is never going to be never going to be a contender again. I don't know how he got that out of that's an interesting out of, the, out of yesterday with with Jerry Pruitt. I wouldn't say they would never be elite, right? We talk about a lot of stuff that Matt Hayes does because it, he always has like this, like kind of big, like once a month he'll like have some big groundbreaking yeah. story. Like he did the Josh Rosen thing a couple years ago, where he basically talked about like his, you know, his status as, as somebody who's looking ahead to the NFL, and he's not, he doesn't always want to just think about football, and that that created a lot of buzz. But like something like that is an interesting takeaway it was from an odd, media days. Very odd timing to to like. So, I, it was such a bold, bold statement. Like, here's here, and, and not to criticize like what Matt does because I think Matt is tremendous. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but like, it'd be strange to listen to somebody speak at media days and then say, you know what? I'm just not believing. I'm not believing <laughs> it's ever gonna happen. Maybe, maybe he was just so pissed that Jeremy Pruitt talked for 23 straight minutes. That maybe. He was just like, maybe. You know what? Never gonna be elite. You know, we were talking to uh, his editor this morning, Paige, and yeah, yeah. she was like. I didn't see that coming. I had no idea that was uh, going to be That's a fire answer. take. Yeah, I mean, like. You say that's a vol Twitter, and you're asking for the, the ratio on that on that story. It's going to be, be awful. Yeah. They, I think she said they already had 1,000 reads, and, like, I don't even know how many comments before it even was posted. It's just from his tweet. They haven't even posted it, like, Holy on the cow. site. Um, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. I, I will say, I don't know if they'll ever get to back to, like, an elite status. Like, whether they're, they're – I mean, they had that stretch in – like the late 90s, and I think actually Barris Lee was talking about this on, on SEC Rewind, where they were almost in that little mini dynasty era, like where it's like, you know, like Miami did in the 80s, where you're talking potentially being in a national championship game or one game like away from it in five straight years. Oh, we got sirens just like Atlanta. Perfect. So I don't know if they'll ever get back to that because every other team around them, like, you know, in 2001, Georgia beat them. It's the first time they beat them in Knoxville since 1980. That's not ever going to happen again. You're not going to go through the stretches where you're beating them for, you know, 5, 10, 20 years of your division rivals anymore. By the way, you said before, Jeremy Pruitt, the 23-minute opening. I told, I told uh, Moorhead that don't do what Pruitt did. Please yeah. don't because everybody tunes you out. And he was asking, he's like, you know, am I, so I got the after, the after lunch slot. Are right. people, like, usually kind of tired for that? I said yes, and that's also why, like, keep your opening statement to, like, you know, a little bit, a little bit on the shorter yeah. end of that, like no more than like you know, like ten, twelve minutes. He was good last year too. He was good, and so he basically said, he said to me, he's like, all right, I, I, just like Costanza said, try yeah. and keep it in that that meaty curve, whatever he calls it, and uh, so he ended up staying between eight and twelve. Like his goal was between eight and twelve minutes. He told me to hold up 
two hands if when he got to ten minutes. So I like turned my phone. Connor to him. gave him the light. Like what, I did. What you do when you're like on stage? Play him like, off stage. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and then he, he stuck to twelve thirty nine. So I mean, the bar that I don't want to say the bar he set because it definitely wasn't a positive thing. But Pruitt, man, it, it, there wasn't that much substance to it. No, not not a whole lot. But so just media days as a whole. Before we uh, before we kick it to our interview, media days as a whole. I think that you know, from from our experience with with this event and and now having done this together back to back yeah. years, I like the setup of it. And as much as I like what Peter Burns is going to suggest, yeah. um, oh, oh yeah. no, we are well, well, what he already suggested rather. Um, we have Chris Doring today coming on uh, interview that we recorded yeah. before. Um, so as much as I like that idea, I don't think this needs to change that much. I kind of like that it's that it's that it is four days. Yeah. It's different when it's two days. I've been to the two-day thing, or when it's that. one day. Yeah, and I think it, it. I think that SEC Media Days is something special still, and I think that people who are calling for change and saying that this is broken. Like our editor. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll, and I'll say it. Um, we got into a, a very big argument last night because our editor Chris Wright, who's from North Carolina and lives in Clearwater, hates Atlanta, which is fine, which is totally fine. The setup in Atlanta is not as convenient mm-hmm. as this one. But as a national brand and like the image that the SEC, I feel like the perception of the conference they already have and the image they're trying to portray, like especially moving forward, talking about going back to Atlanta in the College Football Hall of Fame, like a pretty, pretty awesome place. And then Nashville after that. And then I'm assuming New Orleans will be after that. New Orleans will be after that. And then I feel like Vegas is not out of the question. I wouldn't rule it out. But it's just... I, I love I love coming here. I love doing media days. It's we have a lot of fun, like kind of like making fun of it's in in between two belts. I think the SEC is too big for this location. Fair enough. Fair enough. I've enjoyed it though. First uh, yep. first week in Hoover for me, and uh, I will be back. I will definitely be back in Birmingham. Uh, yeah, like probably next. I had a blast. Years, like this year, more than way more than last year. Like the extracurricular stuff that we were able to do and be a part of that was. Awesome. I had a lot of fun this week. Little peel behind the onion. So last night we were initially planning on doing a, a podcast on Wednesday night. Yeah. And then we realized, well, we have these events that are that are free to the media and would be like a cool cool way to like experience all things media yeah. days. And everyone in our field is also there. Exactly. You talked me out of, or you talked me into rather, karaoke. So not that I did. Let me, let me go ahead and tell you. How, so I had to go home early to go. I, I thought Dave and Buster's was was like in the city, so I was like trying to get home, and that way I can get like we recorded the I, I recorded the podcast with uh for the interview with Saban's daughter Kristen, which was awesome. Yeah, stay tuned um, for that. That's gonna be good stuff. But then afterwards, I was like, I assumed it was gonna be like the the movie was like ten minutes away downtown Birmingham because there's not that much to do in Hoover. No, it was back. Right? I mean, it's literally in the same building. Mm-hmm. So everyone was over at Dave & Buster's. Um, I think it was free games. We did a lot of skee-ball. By the way, Connor is incredible at skee-ball. Thank you. Like, incredible Thank at skee-ball. You. I have a gift. I hit 360, which I didn't even know you could score that high. And as soon as I looked up, you hit 380. Just flexing. Yeah. Like, with a backpack on. Yeah. What do you think you would have done without the backpack? Uh, 430. I feel like that's very accurate. Yeah. I feel like you could honestly get like a perfect score. Oh, you're good at bowling. That makes sense. I'm good at accuracy games. Like really, really bags good. Bags and bowling and yeah. stuff like that. Like I could darts. Feel like that's that's kind of my wheelhouse. So that was a that was a blast because um, it really is like a lot of work going on between the hours of like 
7, 8 in the morning to... This week is nuts. It's so nuts. It's just go, 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 nonstop. Right. Like we were, we were talking about how it feels like it's... I'm, we're both drained. I'm definitely like very tired from this week. But at the same time, it flew by. Feels like we just got here yesterday. Uh, anyway, so after Dave and Buster's, after Connor kicked my ass in ski ball. Yes. That ended at 10 p.m. And there is... I had heard about this for several years now. There is a tradition started by our new friend Barrett Salee, so I buried the hatchet with him last night, um, where they go to this dive bar called, I forgot the name of it. Uh, what is Glorious? it Glorious? Yes, Glorious. Yeah, I sure. think. Um, and sing karaoke. And they Hard. sing karaoke. Oh my God. Oh my god! I thought it was going to be one of those things like, hey guys, you know what we should do for fun? We should go to a karaoke bar. And then people like, like a middle school dance just kind of like wait no. around like, no, we showed up, we got, they put on a show. Chris Gordy, shout out to Chris Gordy. He does the, the best, best shaggy, shaggy impersonator I've ever heard. It was incredible. It He's like, yeah, I've been doing like this him. since high school. It shows. Yeah, yeah. He, he was unbelievable. It was a good time though. I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to stay out too, too late. I was tired just cause like, like I said, I still have my yeah. backpack. I still had all my stuff with me. I hadn't been home. I'd been like on all day and I was just like running on fumes at that point. But- I, Well, and you also had to be stuck in sea right by yourself for two hours, which is fine. I also got introduced to White Claws for the first time. You've never had White Claw? I think, no, I have not. And I, I know I was missing out. Last night, me and a couple other of the media guys, guys, we put down some White Claws. Shout out Ty. Ty, uh, Ty was feeling it this morning, I think. Oh man, He'd be yeah. up at 4.30. I didn't like the way he drank out of a can because he didn't ever touch the can to his lips. Oh, that's weird. It was very weird. It was very weird. Germaphobe. Yeah, I don't Anyways. think that's what it was. I think he was showing off. <laughs> We had, uh, we, had, we had a lot of fun, but that's the reason that we didn't do a Wednesday night podcast. And with the timing, with you leaving, we're both traveling this afternoon. Yeah. So we figured we record one today, knock it out. So we've got a lot of interviews done, but let's kick it to one of those interviews, Chris Doring. We're now joined by the grittiest former SEC receiver. I, Great route I, runner, a lot of heart. White, yeah. A lot of heart. All uh, the synonyms for it. white receiver. First yeah. to the field, last off it, mm -hmm. coach's son, all this thing. It is Chris Doring, our good friend. How goes it? Good, man. It's good to be back with you guys. It seems like just yesterday we were doing this in the Omni Hotel in Atlanta, which was where I met this guy slinging drinks as a bartender yep. in a referee's outfit. And look at me time. now. I don't know why I had to bring that up, up to start out the show. But yeah, <laughs> thanks a lot, man. A lot has changed since then. Um, not really, though. In terms of the way that we talk about Florida, things have changed drastically. Everybody's talking about Florida last year is like, can they do some big things with Mullen in year one? And I, I know you've talked about this a ton this year, but how different does it feel for the Gators going into this season compared to last? You know, it, it felt uh, a lot different at his introductory press conference, the way that he kind of understood the culture and, and embraced the history and welcomed the expectations. And then to see kind of things progress last year, I thought the turning point of the season was that Mississippi State game. Yeah. They yeah. should not have won that football game. They were outmatched in a lot of different areas, particularly that offensive line versus the best defensive line in the country. And that coaching staff found ways to minimize those disadvantages and, and utilize the strengths offensively. Right. And I thought that's where the buy-in occurred amongst the team yeah. and, and the confidence considerably grew from that moment on. Yeah, it's, it's strange though how we look at, at Florida now because the offseason that they've had, it's been so negative and you would think that after a season where you win 10 games yeah. and we're talking about a team that won a New Year's Six Bowl, like best season in, in, a, in a while here, but at the same time, it does feel like it, it, there's a different tone I think with Mullen, and Mullen, to his credit, didn't really want to go into that stuff. Yeah. 
What's, what's kind of the thing that you look for with this team to say, this is what they need to do to be able to get on Georgia's level? Stay first, off Twitter. Yeah, besides that. Besides first that. of all, yeah, I mean, the, the Twitter stuff was funny with Mullen uh, on the podium telling Fleet right. Franks, hey, if you think any of these guys on Twitter are better coaches than me and Coach Johnson, mm-hmm. we'll hire them. You know? right. so, it, I think the thing that I look at, and it is funny, the momentum was incredibly positive right through signing day. Florida finishes a top 10 recruiting class, and all of a sudden Jalen Jones has the issue with the law and transfers and Chris Steele transfers. So the tone changed pretty quickly, but really, with the exception of Steele, all the guys transferring, I don't think there's a lot of guys that right. you really were counting on to, to give you significant minutes, uh, maybe in the special teams game some. But I think the thing that I look at for this season is offensive line play. I mean, the skill positions are as good as Florida's had around the quarterback yeah. in probably 10 years. Uh, receivers, I think, have the chance to be the second best group in the conference. Running backs are underrated with Pirine perhaps being the most underrated running back yeah. in the conference. Just Malik, ask him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was That's pretty confident. Oh, yeah. He's confident yesterday. Malik Davis is back from his injury. Damian Pierce had a great freshman year. So I'm excited about all those guys. The tight ends are utilized in a dynamic way in that offense. But the offensive line is going to be what is going to make or break this entire season, losing four guys from last mm-hmm. year and um, having to play a bunch of young guys in that spot really has me a little nervous as an alum. Well, not just losing the four guys, but this is, I mean, I've been big on this all offseason, losing the four guys, and you know, a year ago you had five returning offensive linemen that had like 130 combined starts. It's a big difference this year. Yeah, but here's the thing. Sometimes just because you return guys doesn't mean that's the best thing. Those guys I just want you to agree with me, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I, no, I, I, I thought there was a lot of experience there, but they – I watched preseason camp last year, and they were miserable. Yeah. Gave up a ton of sacks, jumping off sides, penalties all the time. They did play better as the season went right. on, but I'm not necessarily convinced that it's going to be a significant step back, even though you're changing a lot of guys in that, that right. part, uh, the unit. The schedule, though. Schedule, it, we say that about every, every SEC sure. team. You can not, talk about uh, everybody, fair. but I do say, you know, adding Miami in your non-conference schedule to kick off the season, mm-hmm. having to play Auburn and LSU from the West is difficult. I expect Florida State to be better this season, so it's going to be challenging. But how to find better for better. Florida State? Well, they were awful last year, right? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, only way to go be, is up. Like one yeah, of those I think scenarios. that's what it okay. is. Yeah. I, I do think that Willie, I like Willie Taggart a lot, and it's tough for me to say I wish he wouldn't have ended up at Florida State because I, you know, it's hard for me to like him there. Right. But I do think that um, they're going to be better. I think that they'll be able to to hopefully turn the corner a little bit. I like. I don't know about you guys. You know, I look at Florida as being Luke Skywalker, and everybody needs a Darth Vader. So oh, I, Miami, Wars Florida State, okay. those guys are in Star Wars. Are you a Darth? You, you Neither of us have. No. Like, yeah, that's our our biggest flaw. I think I saw it when I I've told no, the story. I've got several bigger before. flaws than that. Yeah, you Not do. That's close. a good point. But, but I, I get the us. reference. Yeah. 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 We'll but you have to have. All right. What, what's the uh, who's your favorite good guy, bad guy uh, concept? You know, I mean, um, a dynamic in whatever. You got to have the Princess Elsa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frozen? Yeah. Yeah. I, see, I haven't seen Frozen. What? My That's kids are all offensive. That is way more offensive than us. Bro. Not I, seen I, Star Wars. I, I, yeah. I work for Disney, too, so I probably shouldn't say that. Yeah. Okay. No. We'll, we'll cut that part out. We'll cut that part out. That's fine. We'll be here all week. <laughs> um, you have been up every day at 445. Yeah. You don't look at it all. For those of you who aren't watching this on yeah. video, let us. it doesn't really do it justice. Like, mm-hmm. this is a, a 6'4 specimen. I, I don't know weird. how else to say that. It's getting weird, but I, like, I'm okay with that. I feel like Connor's, say, not say it, Connor's I mean. setting me up because he knows I'm wearing makeup right now. I wanted to bring that up, that the, uh, the cover-up ah. is taking down some and of I'm the And I'm not. The black That's the only reason I don't eyes. look like this as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you guys talked about it on the show. The only reason you're not invited to my bachelor party, I'm not trying to go to the pool with you, dude. At mm-hmm. all. At smart. all. Smart. Very yeah. smart. I feel like that's... Um, 
What would we, what would we phrase that? Um, block, is that, is that legal on the... Uh, we'll have to beep, beep, beep that out. Beep that yeah. out. Okay. We'll probably beep that um, out. You can say that, that's all right. That's kind of fair. I mean, you can come if you want. You're trying to maximize your chances? And, and oh, no. My, my fiance watches, what are you oh. doing right now? I mean, she didn't watch what you do, does she? No, no, Good no point. one does. Yeah, my nobody's significant other watches yeah, or fair. listens to um, <laughs> You want to come to Vegas? I would love to come to Vegas. A couple weeks? When is it? August 1st, the 4th. It's like some two good weeks content away. out there. Yeah. Is it sanctioned content? Yeah. Yeah. It's always sanctioned. Yep. Wait, are you really, oh, are you spending five days out there? Four. Four You're days. really bad at math. That's a, yeah. That was Thursday through Sunday. Math. Oh my god. It's not bad. That's like, that, that's an appropriate amount. Sunday through Thursday. What did you say? No, I mean Thursday through Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah. I say, who does the Sunday Get there through Thursday, Thursday afternoon, work? leave Sunday morning. All right. Unless I miss my flight because I'm throwing up at the airport again. <laughs> Okay, so Belk, um, there's two Belks in here. You're going into Belk, you're picking out one item. What are you getting? You know what, that, let me tell you this. The last time I, I shopped at Belk, it was probably six or seven years ago. I was uh, guest Mr. Two Bits, and oh. I had to find an outfit to represent what Mr. Two Bits wore. Oh, so cool. I went to Belk, picked up a yellow shirt and some blue uh, slacks. Yeah. Belk had everything I needed in that case. Perfect. So. That's going to sound like a sponsorship thing, but I'm just like, I'm really curious about the double belt thing. I can't get over it. Belk, yeah. Yeah. What is that? That's home and children over there? Home and children over there. Here? But there's a like, whole knives section over there too, which gets a little weird. Just going to throw that out there. What's the thing that you Not were... a lot of malls have two belks. Not a lot of towns have two belks. I, I had never been before, so this is all, this is all new I remember the days it was Belk Lindsay though, back in the day. You remember that? No, huh? I'm young, so I don't know what yeah, you're talking about true. there. <laughs> What's the thing that you were coming into this week looking forward to? To, to seeing most, um, just in terms of maybe it's a player, maybe it's Cash Daniel, maybe it's Cash Daniel. Like, what was the uh, thing they were most? I think we can all agree Cash Daniel is it's going to be awesome. A, a great uh, yeah. asset to our conference. I think the thing to me that I, I thought was interesting: nine quarterbacks yeah. here uh, at Media Days. And with last year, we talked about like half of the schools having quarterback battles. Right. So, what mm -hmm. a difference a year makes in terms of being settled at that position. Uh, transfers uh, into the conference at mm -hmm. the quarterback spot with Tommy Stevens and, and uh, the kid from SMU going to Arkansas with Chad Morris. So I think that's the story for me this year. It's so cyclical in this conference. It is. It, 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 I think this is a year, hopefully, that the offense gains the advantage because of the experience right. of the quarterbacks. And we see a little bit more scoring in the league. I mean, it's, it's weird. I don't, I've never seen as much star power at media days. I told him like when, the day before they were going to announce who was coming, I was like, I guarantee you, Bama has like a fifth-year senior offensive lineman and a white tight end. Guaranteed. <laughs> no, we got like three top ten picks. Can I tell you Andy? who won the uh, media day trio of players? So far? Who's going to? All right, well, let's look Vandy. at the whole week. Vandy. That yeah. is man. Vanderbilt brings yep. their big three, the triplets. They don't even care about bringing any defensive representation. No. No. That side of the Overrated. ball was so miserable last year. They don't want to acknowledge that they Smart. had a de defense. But I do like I like the uh, Litscom, uh, Litscom and uh, Pinkney. And the uh, Red Mamba, Keyshawn Vaughn, yeah, man, Keyshawn, that's our guy. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Mizzou didn't bring Albert O. I, that was like, for weeks, I was nervous about that, yeah. having to spell that on oh, Twitter. God. I don't even attempent to say it on, no. on air. I just go Albert O. We let Dari say Dari it. says it Dari so says well. It, and he's not even fearful of it. Yeah, I think, he yeah, just attacks I, it. Yeah, he attacks it, and then I just Albert O after him. Yeah, Albert oh, nice. Orgeron. Albert, oh, that's <laughs> really close good. enough. I mean, I don't know. Um, we, we're, we're glad that we could be, be joined by you. We've had you on a, a few different times to talk about a variety of topics, but I, I feel like we should, we should steer this in a direction of, okay, we got to know the, the thing that, that Chris Doring is looking forward to most this season, not just at SEC Media Days, but just most in general. What's the thing? It doesn't even have to be SEC-wide. 
But what Vegas. is the one thing? Vegas. I mean, probably Vegas. I'm actually ready for the uh, the off season to end because I do a lot of traveling during yeah. now. I'm tired, man. Yeah. Been to, it must be tough, man. It's tough. Been to the Bahamas. I just came back from Wimbledon. Was in the what? Bahamas. What yeah. part of the Bahamas were you in? I was in at Atlantis. Go to the Cove down there every year. Used to live down there. Was in probably New York because of my tan. But yeah. Heading to Toronto on Thursday. So I got. Wow. I, I'm ready for the season to provide a little more structure for me. The thing I'm looking forward to, and this is personal to me as a Florida alum. How about kicking off the 150 years of college football in go. Orlando against yeah. the Miami Hurricanes? My, my parents are both from Miami, so I grew up spending a lot of time down there. We would always go to the, the Florida-Miami games when those two teams played when I was a kid. And that's probably my biggest regret as a player at Florida. Never got a chance to play against the Hurricanes. So Yeah, they didn't do that. That's in strange. No, yeah, no. Spurrier was not about that life. Well, you know, it was one of those things that uh, because of the way the Jacksonville situation with Florida-Georgia played out, oh, yeah. we needed to have yeah. you know, more flexibility with that other home game. And so home and home became not possible. That's fair. I'm going to be there. So I'll, I'll be there, uh, that opener, the Florida-Miami opener in Orlando. I live in Orlando. I got a guest, buddy. You need a place to stay? You good? Uh, I think actually they're... I'm waiting to hear what our situation is. They're putting us either in the studio, um, doing shows up there, okay. or uh, we'll be on site. So either way, I'm, okay. I'm good in the accommodations, but All I appreciate right. the- uh, Throwing the out there, didn't want to have to, you know- If, if I do come down, side. I, I want to come out and make a guest appearance on that softball team that oh, you, gosh. Uh, you play on. Oh, oh yeah, softball so, team? Yeah, so I was on oh, a softball God. team. Uh, I had a gator in center field. I saw that on your- An actual uh, alligator? An actual alligator. I don't understand I how people not. live in Florida at all. It's a weird state, Are you scared of gators? Yes, I mean, like so, like bucket list for me. I actually asked for my bachelor party. I wanted to go hunt gators what? in Louisiana. I mean, like not effectively or efficiently, but just you know, maybe be in the boat, get close to what, it. What they, those awesome. guys use that, like a bang stick or something. No I don't know gun, about usually. It. Yeah. Oh, gun. Yeah. So okay. like, there's like there's one dude named Terrell on the show. You guys watch the show, Swamp People? No. What the hell, guys? Guy like does it like all like like bare hands, just wrestles the gator. You remember, that note. <laughs> yeah. you remember Channing Crowder played uh, live yeah. oh, yeah. in Florida? Yeah. He was known for his days of uh, taking some of his teammates out hog hunting. They would jump out of the trees and barehandedly uh, hunt the hogs. That seems like the toughest, oh, yeah. one He's of the not, toughest people in yeah. the SEC ever. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I believe that. That makes a lot of so, sense. So, seamless transition. Channing Crowder had a special drink um, called I think it's a, Crowder, a Crowder cocktail. Sure. So it was like a half a Heineken, a shot of vodka, shot of Patron. Are you being serious? Oh, dead serious. How'd you hear about this? He had a, so he had a um, article that came out about his recruiting weekend with okay. Willie Williams. Okay. Remember Willie yeah, Williams? Yeah, down in Miami. Yeah. Um, like all hell broke loose. But anyway, there's like some other alcohol in it. It's like a shot in there. They had two before they went out. It's way too much alcohol. Regardless, we've been doing a segment called Winning and Boozing. Okay. Where we match or pair a, a booze or an alcoholic beverage with each team or stadium. Okay. What's Florida's? Oh, man. I think... Um Florida's would have to be, man, well, I want to say, I'd like to say something classy, but I don't know that classy would represent okay, the fan let's pump the brakes well, on George's that. Well, are classy. Yeah. That, that, that George thing is completely fabricated. That's a, that's really? a Georgia myth that's been, okay. you know, continued to, to grow over the years, but it's not. I did have some George's. Do you still have George's? No, no, hell no. Like no. fashionable George's, like know, white yeah. George's? You know, no, you know what's funny about that? I had a, um, my freshman year at Florida, I got my picture taken at Fan Photo Day wearing a cross-color uh, long white jorts. Of course. We're going to need that white picture. Shorts. White yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's aggressive. Simpler time. I had, I, had, I had three earrings back in the day, too. What? Where were they at? I had two of my left and one of my right. It was like one like a dangling cross, like very Bones. encouraged me that I, I probably should lose those. Did you ever think about doing the Michael Jordan, like the double hoops? Oh, I had double hoops, yeah. Oh, my god. Double gosh. hoops with the diamond in the top left, yeah. 
Oh, God, you're that's not, not gritty, gritty at all. That yeah. is not you are gritty. Just swagged out. Okay, so what would the drink be though? I mean, oh, man, I, I like a. All right, let's talk more about tailgating. Is it tailgating, or you want in the state? I, mean, I already drink? gave you the rules, so it's fine. If you want to just not sure. play the game, <laughs> uh, it could be tailgating. I would say like a dark and stormy. Dark and stormy. All right. Well, maybe I wouldn't would, say would, that. Would you Probably go uh, that. full uh, Big Lebowski and go White Russian? Not no. Anybody <laughs> puts like milk in their oh, in their alcohol. I played that's... golf with a guy one day. We were out on about the fifth hole. He pulled out a half gallon of milk and started mixing up uh, white Russians on the course, which was that's gross. Sorry, that I mean you're wild. one of the first people I met doing this job, and I'm very thankful to have this relationship. But what you just said is a cry for help. I didn't say I did. I said I was playing. Who with you a playing guy golf with? It, it was the Who's last time. Milk? It was the last time I played golf with him. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you some homework. Yeah, next time you come on the pod, we're going to get a good educated answer. When we do winning and boozing, we're going to factor that in. When we, yeah. when we come back to winning and boozing yeah. in a month here. Well, give well, me one last question. Bloody Marys or tomato juice, yay or nay? What are you saying? Bloody Marys with tomato juice? Or tomato juice. Bloody Mary, like, yeah, for sure. No, I'm saying, do you uh, like tomato juice? Uh, not as much as I like Bloody Mary's. Exactly. Yeah, this yeah. Okay, this factors in perfectly. The tomato juice business is only alive because of Bloody Mary's. Yeah. Nobody drinks tomato juice straight. Who's doing that? Uh, Nobody. No. You know what? I uh, I actually my like Clamato and, oh, uh, and beer, too. You ever put a... Uh, oh, oh, together? Yeah. 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 I wouldn't drink Clamato. A salt in the rim? It's yeah. going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah. I'll take a hard pass. Yeah. Chris Doring. guy. Not so, a guy. Not a guy. Should that be the in, in-house beverage at the swamp? A Zima with a Jolly Rancher drop? Now the McElwain's going? Zima's like no. Nebraska. So that'd that'd be a anymore? better one. No, Maybe a minor racer because uh, Urban Meyer was there. Are we doing shots at the stadium? Do, I mean, whatever you want. Oh, Last you know time what? I, here's what we, if we're doing shots, you know, the shot of choice would be the old pickleback. God, yes. Okay, that's good. So you don't cramp up? Yeah. That's smart. Dehydration while rehydrating. That's smart. Brilliant. Dropping knowledge here first. Um, yeah, well, good luck on all your travels. We'll, uh, well, we'll guys, catch up. You guys do a great job. Soon. Appreciate, appreciate it, man. everything y'all did for the conference. Good to see you, buddy. Appreciate our very good friend, Chris Doring, coming on. He is tall. He does not look his age. I'll just say, Doring's hot. He's a good looking dude. It's fine. He looks good. You're not afraid to admit that? No, not at all. I respect that. I mean, when the Bachelorette uh, podcast comes out, I had a lot of fire takes on, on Tyler. Regardless, uh, Doring's awesome, man. He's a great guy. Yeah, good I, to I, see him. This because this is the one time of year that we like get to yeah. see him in person, do something like this. You know, right. we talk, we talk, you know, via text, via Twitter, you know, on the phone, radio stuff. Like we do a lot of different things with him. Yeah. But it's nice to get to see these people in person. I know I've said that a lot this yeah. week, but it's so true. And I really, I, and I'm not just because of the fact that it was like going out to a bar and, and you know having drinks and, and doing something fun or whatever, or like ski ball or karaoke. I really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah. Outside of just being in the same room and seeing everybody, because, man, like, you, you realize that every it's it seems like such a cool event and everyone's here, like everyone is here, so you not only get to I hate saying work hard, play hard, but it's cool to see them outside of that element and like get to know them as like you know a person as well. And get to meet like the you know people who listen to the podcast. Yeah. Shout out Drink Local, be him. I uh, got to yeah, talk with him awesome. about his, his Auburn fandom last night. Yeah. It was a good time. But yeah, I mean this week. This week for, for people like us is fantastic because people ask me all the time, you know, where's where's Saturday Down South based out of? Like, where where, like, where do you guys do work? I'm like, well, we're, we're everywhere, man. Like, yeah. we're, we're everywhere. We come here. You live in Orlando? Yeah. No, that's the other guy. You live in Atlanta? Yes, that's me. Yeah, that's, that's you. All over the place. Yeah, I mean, we literally have, and people may not realize this, even people are listening to this now, that like we have people from, from actual coast to coast. We yeah. have people that we have, you know, one of our co-founders is, is up there in Virginia. We have another, uh, Adam Spencer is out in Oakland. Oakland, yeah. Like, we, are, we are literally a, a coast to coast publication, but you know, we, hopefully you've enjoyed, everybody has enjoyed us putting together 
content this week. And yeah. It, it's been a lot of fun. We had hoped to do a couple of different things as well, but you know, plans just kind of fell through with that. It was, I didn't realize once we were done with the day, how much we were not done with the day. I know, Like, right? we were staying at an Airbnb that was a couple miles away. So like when we would leave here- Oh, it was like in, 20 miles away, right. 20 minutes away. Well, cause it was in downtown. So like you're sitting through traffic and then you get there and what you, what you, I want to do after like a day of work is like decompress, decompress. and then, yep. you know, then we have to like record the other podcast and there's a lot of stuff I think that we wanted to do that we had planned that we probably didn't get to, but I still feel like we had a great week. We also established a lot of good connections this week. We got some, hopefully some really good um, interviews coming down the pipeline. Um, I'm just, I'll, I'll throw it out there in the open. We're going to get Cash Daniel on the podcast. Yeah. That is, uh. That is my goal to get him the Kentucky linebacker because whether you know, and he, he had some Game of Thrones takes as well. First thing he said, talked about first thing because he, he's like, I look like Jon Snow. Yeah. He's wearing the pin and everything, and then of course he was asked about that. But let's we also got, uh, sirens going discuss on the fact that I, we talked a little bit about it on, on social media yesterday and on the Facebook Live. But the whole long journey of me finally asking a question. Yes, I did it. We finally got it. You did not get to. So we didn't say it on the podcast. I, Why I'm you just didn't be get very to ask. honest about how all this, how all of this unfolded? I was so fired up to ask this question about what did you think of the Game of Thrones finale? It's to a Saban, yeah. yeah. And and he's already like, I felt like it was going to go really well. Like, you know, Kristen his daughter, you have to ask this question. I love it. And he was getting hit with some pretty, I don't say difficult questions, but he just he didn't seem like he was having fun. You wanted to make him have fun, right? So I I raised my hand like. I don't know, with 15 minutes left. And from then on, it was like a panic attack of when I was going to get called because they have three or so girls like in the room trying to like run around, see pass people, out the mics. Pass yeah. the mics. So twice, two separate times, someone came over, stood right next to me, had the mic in hand. Like I was, I was queued up, I was next. First time, the girl stood there for like a minute and then just disappeared. I was like, what just happened? Second time, finally comes over, asking the last question. She's standing right next to me and I look on stage, the moderator right next to Saban just starts shaking his head and they're like, last question, Pat Forty? It's like, cool, That's awesome. what we call getting big time. Yes, and so I went to the side room, I didn't want to give up, and I was second line, third in line, and then it just kept going on, and, and someone that you interviewed, Rachel Barbaro. Barbo, the Barbo. I is silent. Sure, um, it, you know what, it wasn't, it wasn't at all. I don't think she would ever say the I in her name was silent, because she- She did say that. She did take a, she was more important than everyone else in the room, is, is what I'll say. So she asked a question. Shots fired. And then, oh, without a doubt. So she asked the question um, and then refused to give up the microphone, which I didn't know was an option, and then had a follow-up question. So I think she had roughly 40% of the entire time on her two questions. Regardless, I got to ask Will Muschamp a question about Hammond High School. Well, Super localized question for you. Well, I mean, it's, it, they are really, they've won like 11 of the past 15 state championships or something crazy. And they yeah. have the number one overall player in the country in the composite rankings. They've already got another commit from a top 100 defensive lineman. So I asked them, you know, like, what's it like trying to open a pipeline like that, like a recruiting pipeline at a school that's local? And uh, that's when I found out his son is the quarterback. Wish I would have known that before I asked the question. Go but figure. It still went well. It was good. Jake Bentley, his 12th SEC media days was this week. We he might have been best dressed. Yeah, I didn't get to see much of Jake Bentley. I was, yeah. He was wearing like a, like a baby blue, something like that. Right. Uh, but I, because I was doing the I was doing the Moorhead stuff, so I really didn't get to see any of the South Carolina stuff really yeah. at all, or or any of the Mississippi State player stuff. That's the that's weird what thing bothered me about the that's it's like going to games on Saturdays. Yeah. Like you want to be there in the action, experience it. The thing with the what bummed me out about the Saban thing more than anything was not the question, is that I had spent all the time leading up to that I trying know. to get the, like 
in line for the question, so I wasn't able to really, I didn't know Dylan Moses said all that stuff. Um, regardless, I would say this week, when you, like last year it was all about, oh, we got to interview Aaron Murray, we got to do this, and this year we got to like really experience non-work things with, with people, I know. and that was really cool. We went to, we had uh, Ramen with Josh Sneed from STC Shorts. Yeah, that was a good time. That was loved cool. Hear, I loved hearing about the production stuff with that. Yeah. We, I mean, we post all the, everything that they do with SEC Shorts and like realizing their, their turnaround time is unbelievable. Everybody yeah. who like watches them and like they see a professional production, it's incredible the amount of like work that has to go into that in, like a day because it comes right. out on Monday morning. Yeah, and, and he's, he's such a talented, I wouldn't say, I don't want to say comedian because he's a lot more than that. He's just so talented. He's like a, he's like he a personality almost. Yeah. I mean, and it's cool to see they've been able to grow that, you know, throughout the years because, you know, some people after a while it kind of fades. I'm not going to say any names here, but that was a lot of fun. Um, the movie thing was a lot of fun. We got to just sit and like the documentary, eh. Cool, As Saturday, Saturdays in the South was a document, was yeah. a, a, like a, it's a documentary that's coming out uh, this this fall. It's like a 12-hour series. Yeah, and it's like an hour and a half like per episode or something like that. It, it was That was cool. It was cool, but it was cool just like realizing, oh, my God. Like, I had a couple moments where I'm like, oh, my God, we're sitting in a room right now. Oh, Herschel Walker, Archie Manning, Steve Spurrier are just well, like all there chilling. And as soon as it was over, because like, and I, I don't want to sound like pretentious, but I, had, I knew most of the story like for each of those guys. Like the short clip we saw. Like, I knew the background. I'd heard the story about Herschel. Yeah, about, yeah. You know, separated shoulder and his recruitment and all that kind of stuff. Bill Bates. But, like, when that movie ended, which I thought was going to be, like, the event of the night, like, that was the event, mm -hmm. they just sat on stage and just talked and told stories for about an hour. And being able to sit in, like, you know, in an audience and, and listen to Archie Manning, Herschel Walker, and Steve Spurrier just tell stories it's was awesome. one of the coolest things I ever got to experience. Yeah. I had to pee really badly when that was happening, and I was like trying to think how I could sneak out, and then I realized, like, oh my god, this is like bucket list type stuff. I know, yeah. You don't get those opportunities very yeah. often. So, I mean, we're, we're grateful for the week that we got to have. It's been it's been a lot of fun. We'll, uh, we're, we're hoping to do some stuff, maybe some, maybe a live podcast? Maybe, maybe, potentially. Yeah. We'd love to Karaoke. be able to do something like that. I would hope. Um, maybe we're going to get to that week one um, Duke-Bama game in Atlanta. Yeah. I'd like to make oh, a trip god, up I didn't to realize Atlanta. how bad that week one slate is. It's, oh, I, yeah, we were going through it the other day because you're like, oh, man, like, but if we do that, that we miss this, right. this, this. I'm like, we really we do anything. not miss that much because now that Miami, Florida has moved up to week zero, that's where college game day is going to be. It's going to be awful. Yeah, awful. Um, the week one slate is not very good. Week two, we week get LSU, really to LSU right. Texas. That's No, I think the, the exciting thing for me out of this is we did, what, well, we only did three podcasts this week, but we have a bunch of interviews we got to do. Yep. And now we go to two a week. We're back at it. We're in season We're doing two a week. Yeah, it's gonna be a, gonna be a lot of fun. So, oh, and I also, by the way, Tiger Jake, you'd be proud to know, is still doing very, very well. Um, you don't care. Nobody no. else cares. I, I just, okay. I, as a dog parent myself, uh, I don't, don't like what he does that dog. dog parent. That's the worst. This uh, has been fun. Yeah, this has been you real. Say this is the worst, and you, after you hung out with a guy who was literally dressed like his dog, and he spray painted. Whoa, whoa! It's not a spray paint. It's not something that he does. It's a treatment that he gets every eight weeks. Treatment. Peta has signed off on it. It is all good. Have no. you seen them sign off on it? Have you seen the signature? No, but that's I bet okay. It says Peta, like in like non-cursive handwriting in pencil. Tiger Jake and I had a great conversation. He's doing well. He, doing he did look well. a little bit, a little bit brighter. A little brighter eyed this year. He's happy. He's optimistic. We're all optimistic. Yeah. It's talking season. That's what this whole week That's has true. been about. That is what we. That that is that is. Oh, we got to talk about the Bama fans real quick. Oh, that didn't disappoint again. 
I thought that they were going to be a little bit dialed back, a little bit reserved. I did too. No, not at all. They, so they exceeded my expectations in that and also my expectations of them, not in a rude way, guys, embarrassing themselves. They were doing these chants and like, you know, that had nothing to do with, like, I think they were doing stuff from like, remember the Titans, like the, we want some more, we want some more. Like, you don't. The last time you had some more was Clemson. It was a that lot. That was too much. Yeah. That was too much. Ring guy. Also, shout out to the, the one guy in the in the center of all of the band fans with a cow shirt on. Okay. Um, cow day at Chick-fil-A was like a month ago. So. Cow. Oh, cow. Yeah, like I Cal Berkeley. Cow. No. That would have made more sense with that cow. group of people. What are you saying? Pow? Pow. Pow. <laughs> we appreciate everybody who's followed along this week. Um, as I always say, Marla crushed it on social media. Some, some great stuff. The uh, face app. Stuff really, oh, really went over. That was probably the highlight of the social media this week. I, I honestly, was not as good as last year. Social media? Yeah. Wow, you're. Uh, you're I'm disappointed. You're, you're going with the Jeremy Pruitt blunt way of like self-critique. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I'm just. Well, no, I'm not going to do that because I definitely want to talk that badly about myself for that long. But. Yeah. You know, <laughs> long. There's, there's always next year. It was. Yeah. There was just so much stuff going on. It was. It was a crazy week. We are excited to be back at it. This feels like the unofficial start to the season, but. We will be back next Monday. We're recording yeah. the podcast. That is where we're going to throw in the podcast with Saban's daughter. Yeah. Interesting. I thought that, was, that one. I definitely thought that was going to fall, fall through. 100%. Thank you. But, I, was, I was pretty fired up about that one. Yes. And so, just so you guys know, it is not that much to do with football. So It's not. Be some ready of you are going to like it. Some of you. Some of your are, wives are really going to like it. Yeah. Some of you are going to hate it. Play, play for your wife. Play for your girlfriend, yep. your daughter, whoever. But... Uh, yes, we had a lot of fun. So until next time, Coach O, you still you still in Birmingham? Time time for a nap. It's, like, it's, it's time to take a nap. Wait, you don't sleep? You know what? We can keep this thing going because uh, I've decided to take an Amtrak home like an idiot, and so I just got another text saying my my train is delayed. So let's go find Feinbaum, and then we'll take a nap after that. Sounds good. It might be too much. We'll talk to you guys next week.